My name is Julie Kraft and I have bipolar 2 disorder. I'm Shaylee Hugendorn and I live with bipolar 2 disorder. I was diagnosed 10 years ago at the age of 36. I was told of my diagnosis and I remember being relieved but also terrified. I know um, the perceptions and the stigma that goes along with it. I started sharing my story about four or five years ago. I decided to come forward and start sharing. It's led to me meeting the most amazing people walking the same path. So we had talked about collaborating. My greatest hope is that others will hear our stories and feel less alone. We can offer insight and give the world a real life living example of what bipolar disorder can look like. This is bipolar. This is Bipolar. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of This is Bipolar. I am Shaylee Hugendorn and I am committed to smashing the stigma around mental health. I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, event planner, speaker. Um, yeah, so having bipolar 2 disorder gets me to do all the things and this is my co-host, Julie. Hi, my name is Julie Kraft. I am also a passionate mental health advocate. Um, I am also married. I am a mama of three girls, Canadian, and also passionate about sharing my story, spreading mm -hmm. awareness, and so thrilled to have connected with a fellow advocate living with bipolar too, and super excited to be here again. Um, we have a fantastic meaty topic today, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So today we're really excited, but we want to give a disclaimer because um, up until now, it's mostly been telling just our exact story and commenting on COVID, but we're doing an episode um, today where we want to talk about how we use our language. And um, it's conversations that we have been having back and forth and back and forth. And we're just noticing the more we talk about, the more we are seeing it. So Julie, can you tell us a little bit more? What am I talking about when I'm talking about um, hurtful language in the mental health community? Well, as you said, we are so excited. Our minds are racing. Um, we always chat a little bit before we um, start recording. And so we're just going with it. I also want to throw in the COVID disclaimer. Um, as almost everyone, when we're on, I am, you know, in my home, in my great room. So you may hear a dog, you may hear a doorbell, but we're just going to go with it. Um, so when we talk about language, mm -hmm. um, we're talking about those terms that are often thrown out, um, usually unintentionally, um, but they can be very damaging and very offensive. And I was diagnosed 10 years ago, almost 11 years ago, and I've been hearing them almost daily. And so we first sort of put together some of the terms that people sometimes throw out without meaning to be offensive. Um, so some of the ones that you may have heard as well are, um, I'm so obsessed with that. Um, that drives me crazy. Um, that person is a psycho. Don't be so mental. And then we actually often hear the actual diagnoses used as adjectives or derogatory com comments. So, you know, unpredictable weather. The weather is so bipolar. Um, we've got a neat closet. 
he must be so OCD. So it goes yep. on and on and on. And I think I'm guilty of it. Um, I think that was something we wanted to also say that yes. we're all learning. And I will totally admit that I am guilty of also throwing out those terms. And I think we're just so used to it. And Shaylee, have you had the same experience where it's almost just commonplace for people to yes. out? Yeah, yeah. And I think that um, our hope for this episode, um, if you're someone, our hope isn't to, to judge or make you feel no. guilty or anything, because we know that a lot of people listening might have a mental health disorder, and sometimes we overthink things. So please, please, please do not take this as, um, you know, a, a judgment from us. It's not more enough. like when you know better, do better. So we just want, our biggest hope is that we let you know that how these things are hurtful or, because um, yeah. I get a lot like, what's the big deal? So we're gonna actually talk about why it's a big deal. And um, like Julie said, we say them as well. We sometimes were only wounded um, because uh, of the ones about our disorder, or if we know a friend. And I feel like um, as we get uh, uh, closer to people or in proximity, it's like when someone's closer yeah. to you, you understand, right? So if you actually are related to someone that's bipolar, that might be something sensitive. If you're related to someone that has actual diagnosis of that. So we're here and telling you, you know us, and these things um, are hurtful and detrimental. And so we want to talk about them. Yeah. Um, one of the first things um, that it that it does, the, the couple ones that Julie talked about is it categorizes a very real mental illness. So your example of you know the weather is so bipolar or some people that you know can't make up their mind or um we use it as 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 a blanket term to describe a behavior yeah right but these behaviors generally are not symptoms right so um for example, the uh, Julie was just talking about the the OCD one. So there's a couple of ways that's used. Um, you can call, you're calling a person um, that they're OCD, right? Yeah. When you don't know for sure. And how do you think that that is um, detrimental, Julie? What do you think? Um, maybe what do you think that someone that actually has OCD might feel when something is described so flippantly? Well, I think it um, dilutes the yeah. severity of the disorder. I think it minimizes the pain and the suffering. And I think even since coming forward as an advocate, I've been able to connect with other advocates who have been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And I now understand it is so much more than keeping, you know, your clothes in order. It's involves obtrusive, um, intrusive thoughts, it compulsions, um, obsessions, it can be a very, very debilitating and painful disorder. And so I even was reading that, you know, to, to just use it in terms of someone that's very neat and orderly and tidy almost just looks at the disorder as a positive, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so 
it can just be, and I can only speak from, from experience when I've heard someone throw out the word bipolar, you know, to describe a moody girlfriend or, you know, someone that is stalking an ex-boyfriend, you know, or a moody mother-in-law or a child that's misbehaving. And the minute I hear it used that way, I mean, the very first time was in a Facebook post mm. and I'm going to get emotional. It's mm. not an episode of this show without <laughs> me getting emotional, but I can go back to that moment. And it was a post about, you know, why is my 10 year old so bipolar? And I just sat with my coffee cup and I started sobbing because mm. it just felt like such a personal attack. I wanted to scream. I wanted to sort of explain, you know, how hurtful that is. And so I think that's why we're out here, you know, just sharing our personal experiences. And the other point to make, I think, too, is that I think the statistics are now one in five or one in four um, adults, uh, you know, experiences a mental health struggle. And so even if you're in a crowd of people and you don't think you're around anyone that might be struggling, I guarantee you either one of them is, or they have a mother or a brother or a cousin that is. So it really does affect us all. And that's why I think even this episode is so important, both for those of us, um, you know, living with a mental health diagnosis, but also for anyone out there, you know, living alongside just to sort of take notice and take, um, you know, accountability for the language. So did I answer your question? I know I'm rambling, but I just, you know, there's so much to talk about and I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and, and honestly, our um, whole podcast is to show and for you to get to know two people that have bipolar 2. So for them to experience our brains and how we think and how we talk about things, um, yeah, I think, I think we don't need to apologize for our process of thinking. And um, so yes, so yes, you made sense. Yeah. And Shaylee, I want to ask you, yeah. um, you know, a few other terms, I have never experienced a full blown panic attack. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, there are a few other terms that I wanted to get your take on. So I know we do yeah. hear people often throw out, you know, oh my goodness, the store wasn't open when I got there. I had a panic attack or, you know, for me, driving actually is very stressful. And so I don't want to minimize this, but, you know, it would almost be like someone, you know, I got to the parking lot and I couldn't, you know, find a spot that I could drive into. I had a panic. I hear people throw around the term panic attack so loosely when I've now learned that for anyone that actually has experienced one it is you know terrifying and then the other terminology i'm going to ask you about because i really value your opinion is the whole terminology around um suicide and when there is a suicide how we talk about it because i know even for me um it's definitely changed the way that i speak about it so yeah Yeah, panic attack and suicide and the terminology and the effects of how those terms are used Yeah. And I think um, we've talked about it in a different episode, just learning the difference. I used to use um, anxiety attack and panic attack interchangeably. And what I'm learning is that a panic attack has um, way more physical symptoms. Okay. So when you're experiencing, uh, you know, some anxiety, um, some people also use it for stress. 
So we've got all these terms, yeah. but we actually need to understand them. So yeah. when you, you can be super stressed out about something, but not have an anxiety disorder. Yeah. So usually what that looks like is being stressed out about a certain situation, a deadline, those kinds of things. Tricky though, because if someone has an anxiety disorder, yeah. like you said, about parking average, someone might get nervous about a parking spot, but someone might have a panic attack about that. So when we're um, giving examples, they're, they're things that probably a neurotypical or someone without an illness isn't having um, physical symptoms of a disorder, right? But we're not saying that these little things couldn't yeah. give a panic attack. Yeah. So, um, so panic attacks, you have more of the physical symptoms. So many, many, many people say they have either called emergency or called a, a, a line like uh, in Canada, we have 811. It's nurse, a nurse line. It's before 911. Um, and a lot of people experience having a heart attack because you legit, uh, I've had a couple where I'm not sure if I'm dying or not. Yeah. And that is not taking it lightly. Like, because I'm actually worried about my heart. These are physical things. I'm, I'm sweating. Sometimes I feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, and it could be over a big thing, but it could also be, uh, the one I talk about a lot and I'll try and come up with a different example one time about it was about toothpaste in a toothpaste aisle right normally I don't care about toothpaste I don't see this is so amazing that you're able to explain this because for me it's amazing I've never experienced a panic attack so for me to hear you actually describe the physical symptoms that you feel I have a whole new understanding yeah, all understanding. And, and I, the, one of the things about it too is that because of all our stigma and shame and all these uh, all these things about it is you want to get away, right? Or you want to hire, you don't want anyone to see when chances are being with someone or talking it out or whatever would actually calm you yeah. down. But you're almost doing the opposite because when we're in pain, physical, mental, our first instinct for our body to protect us is get away from it, right? So, um, yeah, that's the difference. So maybe we need to think about when we're saying, using words, we're going to think about the severity of yeah. what we feel and the symptoms of what we feel. So if you're nervous or stressed, use those words. Yeah. Because it takes away from the anxiety and panic words. Yeah. And then when um, people go and finally get help or, or feel brave enough to get help or start talking about it, they don't actually, we don't have words to describe because if these are thrown around flippantly, yeah. you're not going to see the severity of what I'm feeling. Yeah, it, it's right? true. I hear people throw out, you know, I had a panic attack. I'm having a, if someone legit is having a panic attack, I think that could easily cause someone to say, mm -hmm, yeah, I had one the other day at the mall too. It's like, no, 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 no. So I know for me now, I just have a stop when, if that word is on the tip of my tongue, I just say to myself, no, no, this is, this is not a panic attack from what Shaylee has now described. I'm going to pick a different term. And I know the same goes for sadness. You know, I'm sad or I'm depressed. You know, I, some person might say, you know, my, my TV series just got canceled. I'm so depressed. It's like for someone that suffers from actual legitimate 
depression, it is very different, very, very different. Yeah. Although I guess, as you had mentioned earlier, I mean, that could possibly send someone into a full-blown depression, but I think, yeah. I think the listeners, the viewers know kind of what I'm getting at. And so even, you know, the word depression, but I know a tricky one for me um, is suicide. And I'll be the first one yes. to admit that I know 10 years ago, everyone, if someone died by suicide, which is what I say now, all you would see is committed suicide. And so right. I think a lot of people, they have no idea why that could be offensive or why that's probably not the best term. So I'm yeah. going to throw this one at you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, I, I'm sure this is probably new for a lot of people because it's just, um, it's just so embedded yeah. in, in our society. And I was saying um, to Julie, like uh, our brains are so interesting, but I notice when I'm around people that use specific language, it comes out more easily. Right. So I notice when I'm around people that swear a lot, all of a sudden I'm like, and I'm not a big swear, no judgment if you are, but all of a sudden I'm like randomly dropping F bombs and I'm like, what is going on? But then I see, oh, okay, so I've been immersed. My brain is hearing it. So it's coming out. Yeah. So sometimes I think that's what's going on. And so we've always in the news, how we talk about it, it's always been committed suicide. Yeah. And if we really think of the language, what do we use the word committed for? Generally for a crime. Yeah. Okay. And generally that it's actually completely a choice. This right. is where it gets dicey. Okay. Cause some, a lot of people have opinions, but I think um, for someone that has experienced severe depression, I knew with bipolar that I would get a switch, yeah. okay? But if I didn't and I didn't know and I believed or thought this was my life for a very long time or I didn't see an ending, um, you're not thinking, oh, I'm gonna hurt the people around me. Oh, I'm gonna, your brain is tricking you and telling you there is no hope, right? There is so much pain that it, it's day after day after day. And maybe you've even gone to get help. I know people that different meds haven't worked and it's been years and years and years of your life. You don't understand the pain. There aren't so many people I've heard. They're not actually wanting to end their life. They want to end the pain. And that is the exactly. only thing that they can come up with. And I think, um, so what people are using now is died by suicide. And I think I do need to bring this up. Um, and I want to be very careful of that because like, um, if you don't know already, Julie and I are women of faith, but this is really perpetuated in the church. Yeah. And what I grew up thinking, and it's not all churches, you know, I'm not speaking for all things, but where I, um, churches that I went to most of my life um, were always portrayed it as a sin right? Or a choice or a sin. And so it's, um, that's a negative, such a negative connotation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when you look at it like that, or it's portrayed like that, it's total judgment on the person instead of seeing their humanity or yeah. seeing their pain. And then the people around them are ashamed because they're related to someone that, um, that did this shameful thing. Yeah. Am, uh, 
it sounds like I'm worried now. My anxiety is telling me, my legit anxiety is telling me, oh no, I sound like I'm being um, really positive about suicide. No, that's not it. I just want us to be aware of our language because there is someone around you, most likely at some point, that has had a family member or a coworker or someone. And we're seeing the numbers rise and we're seeing the numbers rise in young people. Yeah. And that's, if that's not even more reason for us to um, think about these things. And we look at it, one more thing, we look at it from an outsider, right? Like people look at me, for example, mine wasn't situational. I had what I always thought I wanted. Like I have, I had a husband, I wanted children, right? Or I was like working on my degree or my outside life. It did like, what's her problem? There's nothing wrong right? That's depression. You don't have to have an incident. Some people do. Some people have a trigger or trauma, or it's a situational thing like a death or something that can put you in a clinical depression. But when you're, um, when there isn't, it, people are easy to judge, right? That it's a choice. And we know that mental health isn't a choice. So one of the things that we're asking um, people to do and it's now um, getting well known in the medical community is to use died by suicide and not committed. Thank you Shaylee. Even listening to you it just it just helps it helps with understanding and I think that's what this is all about and yeah. Yeah, um, it's like we need to take a breath, right? When you talk, about I know my brain is gone blank, but there's still so much to share. Yeah. Um, I know also that we wanted to also give practical responses or things to actually say in that moment, because I've been in that moment where I've heard someone throw out the term bipolar, yeah. been so offended, but been so shocked that I literally don't know how to respond. And so I stay silent and then I stay up, you know, that night thinking about it, I should have said this, could have said this. And, you know, one time in a restaurant, the waiter did throw out bipolar about the weather. And I did go back very gently and explained, you know, I have bipolar two disorder, perhaps a better word would be unpredictable. And I mean, immediately, the minute I took the time to gently, and I think the key word is gently and calmly, um, from a place of grace and love. um, Once I explained that to him, he just looked at me and apologized. And, you know, that's all it took for him. And, you know, so in that moment, I knew what to say, but I've also had it thrown out where I've just been you know, frozen. So one that I'm still struggling with is when someone does throw out the term OCD. Yeah. Shaylee, help. Yeah. Can I talk (laughs) about that for a minute? Because that's kind of spurred this on a little bit. So some of my other work on here um, in my life is I also work for um, She Loves Magazine and I do a lot of um, marketing and um, social media. So I'm on social media all the time. Also probably... I like to say it's just work, but basically I'm on social media all the time because it, 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 you get working and then you get strolling. So anyway, this is a big part of my life, um, managing social media accounts and working with others. And so um, one of the trends that I've been noticing um, is we're really, really into the word. Uh, it's being used, obsessed is being used. Yes. So obsessed is being used a lot by influencers. Um, uh, 
to explain like a new a cream that a face cream or um you know uh, this jacket or and usually it's like products or um it could be to describe tv shows or and even i'm noticing like in marketing there's like a category right of or or things we're obsessed with right and it's just becoming so common that uh, uh, once you're aware of it, it it literally as i'm scrolling it feels like whoa whoa because i actually i know people with ocd and it it having being obsessed with face cream isn't the same as having an obsessive thought or pain or something and then having to do a compulsion yeah to make it feel better and those compulsions usually aren't things that enhance their lives so this is one of um one of the big things and um one of the things that i've been doing and i got really there's a few people that i follow and i just love uh, uh, some more beautiful fashion things or some were um you know uh, other advocates or or things like that because we say things too right yeah. are using this term and so but I was seeing it a lot with certain ones. And I'm like, I don't want to, it was really hurting. I was thinking of my friends um, that were suffering. And so I decided, okay, um, I don't know these people, but people get a following by having a bunch of people. And if you've got a bunch of people and one in five, one in four, depending on the day uh, that they do the statistics has it, then it is your followers. And if you're claiming to care about your followers, then you're probably hurting very many of them. And so I decided with a couple that uh, I really, really liked. Also, a few of them have spoken publicly about uh, mental health. So I definitely want, want to follow them, right? Yeah. But they're still using that term because that isn't their mental health um, their struggle, or some of them even were talking about um, having an actual disorder and still using this terminology. So I took like an entire day because my heart was hurting so much. Remember, we feel things very, very deeply. Very deeply. Um, I, uh, so I, I, I decided to write them. And I was like, if, <laughs> if I never, ever, ever get a message back. At least I know that I'm trying to create awareness and um, maybe, maybe there'll be a chance. So I just wrote uh, from my heart and not judgmental because we know as soon as someone come at, comes at us, we're going to stop and just told them everything I loved about their account and just asked them to consider um, maybe not using these words because I explain people that I know have this or um, actually because mental illnesses overlap, I have some intrusive thoughts and have um, some obsessive thinking. I don't have compulsions, so it wouldn't be considered um, obsessive compulsive disorder. But as if you try and look at all mental health disorders, there's so much woven in yeah. um, to different ones. And so I explained that and just explained like, I know you care about your followers. Just, you know, I'm asking this. And did you hear back? Okay, this is my phone. Yes. <laughs> um, so I heard back from one immediately. And this is someone with a huge following. That's amazing. Yeah. And just was like, I had never thought of that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to think carefully about my words. And basically, what this is asking us to do is even make us even smarter than we are because there is a such thing as a thesaurus, 
right? Like, yeah. let's find different words to yeah. explain. And I get that we want to show the severity of something that we're feeling, but there are other words. And so rounding back to what you said, I can do hard things. Yeah, help us. What can we replace obsessed with? Practical. So this one, I'm still working on it because it's it's a hard one because because it's used so often. So yeah. the couple that um, that I'm trying to, especially if it's a product or a TV show or something like that, um, I tend to tend to tell people what I like about it instead of just using that word. Or yeah. I'm trying out. I am wild about that. Or this product really excites me or something like that. I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm talking about products all the time here, but that's the influencer example, or, you know, even being, people are using it as, people are throwing it out as a person or this law. The one I'm really working on is um, I'm wild about that, or I feel super strong about this. Um, And the, one of the most practical things I do, Julie, and it's going to seem ridiculous. I practice it. Because when we're in these situations, like you said, um, we freeze up or if something isn't like the swear words in your head all the time, right? If this isn't something, it's not going to flow out easily. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be really like seem awkward. Awkward. So I will practice or think about it. um, And we talked about this and I'd love for you to talk about it. We talked about normalizing being wrong. So. What do you think about that moving forward? I'm wrong all the time. Well, and that's the thing. You're going to make mistakes. And I think as long as we're in a constant state of learning and wanting to know more and wanting to hear people's stories and wanting to understand, that's the best place to be. And it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect going down the road. I mean, even prepping for the show. Yeah. I've learned so much. And so, you know, Shaylee, even hearing you talk about your experiences, it's just, it all goes into my bank of things that I now understand. And I just want to say for you to take the time, because it's one thing to be offended or be hurt by something, but then to take the next step and actually be proactive, to take the time to write, you have now completely changed that influencer's view of the word obsessed. I would love to think that she's going to choose other words going forward. And I would also hope that in her social circle, if she's out on a Friday night and her you know, friend pulls out a lipstick and says, I'm obsessed with this, she can then have a conversation. And I think that's how it starts. Mm-hmm. And you know, I came forward as a woman living with bipolar, um, you know, to give people a real life face of the disorder, I often will explain, you know, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, so that if anyone that's heard me speak is maybe out and someone throws out the word bipolar recklessly, they can say, actually, I've met a woman with bipolar. And, you know, this is what I understand of the disorder. And, you know, I'm constantly in a state of learning and I'm still the OCD. When I hear that thrown out, I'm still racking my brain because sometimes it's really quick and I'm with someone that I don't know very well. So I need help with that one. Kind of feel like saying something. I don't know. I don't know if you have any. And the other word that I'm having a tough time with and I hear probably a hundred times a day is crazy. That's so crazy. 
um, you know, crazy or that's insane. And, you know, I'm always wanting to be, you know, gentle about it. I want to, you know, be reasonable about it. But I also do know that there are very real effects that I've personally felt. Yep. So and the reason that one, because I've had people say, what's the big deal? Or everybody yeah. uses it. Lighten up. But if you look historically, chances are that if Julie and I lived years and years and years ago, yeah, okay, we would have been actually considered that and possibly, possibly locked up or possibly this. It, we have to think of the historical um, parts of the world. And one of the things I love that you said is that a person would think of you, right? Yes. And I think if it's something that you're really struggling to get out of your vocabulary, go and try and find a story. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, you know, yeah, Google, find a story so that you can put a face to it because chances are that's going to help you remember when you go to say that word next, right? The yeah. weather is so bipolar. Oh, yeah. is the weather like Julie? Yeah. No, yeah. right? Um, I love, I, I love, love, love that you said that. I had one more thing that you completely said that I was like, ding, 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 ding. What was it? <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, so we talked about practicing it. We talked about getting to know someone or looking up. Um, different words oh for the crazy one i find that one really hard i say it all the time so, hard. so one of the things that i've done too is to try and get people to think of different ways to talk about it instead of just like you know yet gently calling them out i'll say you know what do you love about that thing what do you love so much more than just liking Right, because then it gets some talking and realizing like there is different language. Yeah, and or, same with crazy. Right? Yeah, I was, just, ah, I was just thinking, you know, that's amazing, or that's you know unbelievable, or that's so cool. Like just, and I think it's it's slow. It's not going to happen overnight. I catch myself all catch myself all the time. And um, the other thing also that I want to touch on is just the effect that those terms thrown out loosely has on anyone living with a disorder, anyone that's been newly diagnosed and how it really, I think, affected me and me feeling like I could come forward and feeling that I wasn't gonna be judged by the people around me. And so yeah. that definitely, there was that shame there and I think it, it was yeah. all a part of that. And so I think that's another great reminder of why we really need to be so aware of our words and our language, because we have no idea. The person behind us in the lineup at Starbucks, they may just have received a diagnosis, you know, of bipolar disorder. And when they hear someone joking about it, that could quite possibly keep them from sharing, or, you know, if they're thinking they might have it, or they're thinking about reaching up, out for help, that could be the reason that they don't. And then when I think about that, oh, my heart, I mean, that's, I think why we're so passionate about this. And, you know, if someone out there listening or watching just takes an extra, extra second. And I mean, there is so much more that we haven't covered right down to hand gestures. Um, you know, Ooh, I, I have an example. I have an example. Can I say it before I forget? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, <laughs> What, so one that's near and dear to my heart as well is um, that we throw around a lot is ADD or ADHD. Yep. 
right? I hear it all the time. And I have a family member, uh, members that actually struggle with it. And it d- doesn't, especially in women and girls, it doesn't um, present itself in the stereotype that we put, just not being able to focus and think there's yeah. um, executive functioning skills, organizing, um, you know, anger and the stress and those kinds of things. And that's a huge one to look at, um, especially to downplay it because I know um, the people that I know, it, it affects their everyday life. They're not just disorganized or they're not just have a few flying thoughts, right? There's actually something uh, you know, in their brain um, that works differently. And it's so interesting. I'm just gonna say this one because I think it will make people think twice about using that one. Um, the thing that we don't understand about an ADHD brain, you would think there were neurons if they actually did a scan flying all over the place, but actually they have less serotonin or they have less um, snaps going on in there. And so in or their body craves that or their brain needs that. So that is why sometimes like um, there's movement or there's things because what their brain is trying to do is to make those synapses that they don't have enough of. So um, there are things I know with small children, I teach small children like controlling their bodies or creating um, drama about something because it's giving them the things that they don't have. Whereas it was interesting because I always thought that um, it would be more, but it's actually less. And then that's why there's, um, you know, all of these behaviors and yeah. such. So really be careful of that one. Um, again, the, the shame that you're talking about. And another thing with um, what we're noticing, and I think we're talking about OCD a lot. And remember, we're talking it through our own lens. If you're yeah. someone yeah. that um, has a experience or if we've said something wrong, we want to normalize being wrong, please message yeah. us so that we can use different language to move forward. But and, another and, one that's really painful yeah. is all the, the, like on Facebook or other things where it's like there's a smarty out of the row and you take the test yeah. about OCD in mind. Please don't take the tests. Please yeah. don't. Uh, post them because as Julie said this just perpetuates and further contributes to stigma which further contributes to silence and we know right that we know if we're in shame or if we already feel bad about it most of us are overthinkers so we already feel these things and it's hard enough for us to come forward and these types of language or saying things are just reiterating to us how society thinks we are and how we don't see mental health is the same as physical health, right? We wouldn't um, flippantly make jokes about other illnesses like cancer, arthritis, heart disease, right? We wouldn't do that because we give this message that it's controllable, right? that I'm actually making a choice. Yeah, yeah. And I think it leads to, I mean, the more those terms are thrown around and misunderstood, it just leads to a lack of empathy. Yes, um, yes. You know? So that's another, you know, point or angle to look at it from. And so, <sighs> yeah, you're so right. <laughs> you're right because um, I think we've talked about this before and um, we are huge fans of Brene Brown, um, shame scientist, vulnerability scientist. Um, the difference between uh, empathy and sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
feel for us, feel with us. Don't feel sorry for us. We feel that, right? That's saying there's something wrong with you. Whereas empathy is saying, I'm there for you, right? I don't, I might, I don't understand if you don't understand, yeah. but I'm here and I want to try and understand you. And I think that's gonna, that's gonna make all the difference. And I think trying to eradicate these terms now is gonna help our children and our children's children um, just be able to be so open. And um, I don't know if I've told you this yet, Julie, but I do have hope. Um, I do too. <laughs> I, I mean, we both do, but I do have such hope um, that it's happening right now um, in schools and such. I don't think I told you, but my daughter, they're doing inquiries, they call them, so they get to pick the topic they wanna to research and present about. And I didn't even know, she didn't even tell me right away, but one of my daughters, she picked bipolar disorder. Yay. And she wanted to talk about it and think about that. Like if, if my mom had a mental illness when I was in my most, um, you know, caring about what people think stage, right? Middle school, would I have wanted to tell people, right? And she interviewed me. So that's amazing. caring about what everybody thinks, but still normalizing it like yeah this this is my this is my mom there's not as much shame attached to it because we're talking about it and yeah. we think what are these big solutions to mental health talking about it yeah. normalizing being wrong hearing people's stories right there are things yeah. we can do yeah i'm so hopeful too i mean i see even my daughter yay for our daughters i think we're raising many health advocates but i think i forget what game she was playing online and someone threw out the term bipolar and she wrote right back I do not appreciate it when you use that term in a negative way my mother has bipolar and I'm like yay so little things here and there and I do I look back at you know how much more open and I have so much hope for the kids coming up that they're more educated more aware and I think yep we don't have to go out and change the world tomorrow but you know, our greatest hope with this episode is if we've even opened your eyes or explained even about, you know, one of these terms that if you even, you know, think a little longer or find a different word, uh, then this has all been worth it. Yes, a hundred percent. And we just love, um, I know people are always asking for takeaways and I love uh, the things that, that we said, Julie, um, just you know, listening to people's stories so that you know someone, trying to replace language. We all know you know what the source is. And now you don't even have yeah. to go get the big book. You got your phone, right? And I think the important thing too is to give it, give it some thought ahead of time because in that moment it's easy to freeze. So yeah. I now I've got some new new comebacks, even from our episode, just like even from listening to you speak. So oh, yes. Good. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, uh, you know, if it's people, you know, you can always go back, right? So if it's triggering yeah. for you, you can always go back. Yeah. And if it doesn't feel safe in a, a situation, right? Like we're, we're not asking you, it's even happened to us to go call everybody out, but um, where you start and you start in your circle as well. We have so much hope in you that you're even here listening to us, that you care about these things. So thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah thank you for sharing this message and 
yeah, we showed it through our lens and um, we'd love to hear uh, your different ideas. Message yeah. us. We're always open to that yeah. because we've given you a glimpse into our minds. This is bipolar. This is bipolar.